Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's directly across from me. He's opposed to me. He gets to sit inside a comfortable tent with plenty of oxygen plus the overhead cool vent. And uh, see, That is if you remember to turn the oxygen on. It's on. It's All right. on. I left it on over the weekend. Well, that's good. I thought I felt enriched in here this morning. Although I noticed that the carpet <laughs> disappeared underneath you. I guess it oxidized, so it's gone. Well, the insects are getting awfully large over here. I mean, they're growing. <laughs> Oxygen-rich yeah, environment. Have, uh, <laughs> oh, what are those little bugs that are upside down there on the ground? What are they? Ladybugs? No. Stink the, bugs? The, stink bugs. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, they're about an inch long. That's crazy. All right. Welcome on board, everybody. It's the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Without any further ado, we'll go to the news line because we've asked for some more of the valuable time of State Senator John Gordner, and he has agreed to call in. So we've spoken to him about every two weeks uh, since this whole thing began. And so we're very, very grateful, sir. Thank you for calling back again. Good morning. Morning, John. Uh, Good morning, Mark and Joe. John is a state senator in the 27th district. He's also the Senate Majority Whip in Harrisburg. So he's got his finger on the pulse of what's going on in Harrisburg. Can you give us a quick overview of legislation that's pending or passed in Harrisburg? We've talked about some that I believe the governor plans to veto, plus some is still, uh, you know, being stirred in the pot. Give us a legislative update, if you would, please. Well, the uh, Senate is going to be in session today and tomorrow in Harrisburg. I believe the houses uh, have the same schedule. Uh, we have a number of bills that we're taking up, but uh, these bills, uh, more insider, uh, I guess, baseball than anything. We're moving a election code bill. We're moving a school code bill. Uh, we're moving um, an administrative code bill, an election, or I guess I said an election code bill. Just some bills that, uh, if we need to amend on quick notice. Uh, we have them available to do that. Uh, the House, I believe, is going to be taking up the bill that we passed last week that would allow counties uh, to make decisions as to when to begin opening, providing that they follow the uh, CDC guidelines and other social distancing. So we'll see, and there may or may not be uh, a, a big rally uh, today in front of the Capitol. We'll have to see. All right, so the one bill, six, uh, what is it, 613, I think is the number, or 618, I forget the number. But in any event, the governor says that's the one that would use some federal guidelines to help determine if some local businesses can go open. And that's gone to the governor. He says he's going to veto that. This one about the counties, has the governor indicated whether he'll veto that or not? Uh, he has indicated that he would uh, probably veto that. That's uh, 327. Uh, that's the one that we passed uh, on Wednesday by a vote of 29 to 21. Uh, the House, again, hopefully is taking it up today or tomorrow. Uh, and we think it makes, frankly, a lot of sense. Again, if you go back to the beginning of this crisis, uh, the county started, or I'm sorry, the governor started by closing certain counties down one by one because of the high number of 
cases there. He did uh, Philly, he did uh, Montgomery and Delaware and Chester and Bucks, which are the suburban counties. Uh, then he ended up doing like Allegheny and Lehigh, and then after that he did Monroe and Northampton, um, and then two more before he uh, did the whole state. So from our perspective, uh, it makes sense uh, if we're going to reopen, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, that we could reopen it on a county-by-county basis. What a number of us, well, let me just throw this out, a number of us have looked at the uh, the uh, stats from around the state, because we get them on a daily basis, we get the number of cases, new cases, and total cases in every county. And if you look at the last three days, uh, there are 37 of our 67 counties that have had two or fewer cases each of the last three days. And there are 20 counties that have had zero new cases in the last two days alone. So those are certainly counties that you can look at uh, allowing the uh, local elected officials to make decisions to reopen, still st- staying by the um, you know CDC guidelines of, of making sure that people are social distancing, that there's you know sanitizers and all different things in place. I read the governor's list of criteria, which was rather vague this morning about what, what had to be in place before we reopened parts of it. But given the data you just, you just enumerated, why, why do we have to wait? Why, why are our counties paying the price for Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and areas like that? If it is safe to open us up in two weeks, why isn't it safe to open us up now, given the statistics you just gave us? Look, we're willing, and and I think people are getting very frustrated at that, and a lot of people are asking it, and certainly businesses. I mean, I keep on using the same example, but, you know, you go to Walmart or Lowe's and Giant, and again, just in the last week, they've really put in uh, social distancing in place, so they space you out and those sorts of things. But you know many of the small businesses, uh, whether it's in downtown Sealands Grove or downtown Sunbury, they may get a couple customers an hour. Uh, you can certainly make sure that the people are spaced and the same sort of, you know, keeping them apart at the cash register, uh, making sure that things are, are clean and, and sanitized. But we got so frustrated uh, earlier last week uh, when the governor aligned himself with, you know, five other states and basically said to a large degree he was going to cede his authority to, you know, the mayor or the governor of New York and New Jersey. Um, that just was so frustrating to us. We We believe... You know, the, the, the governor of New York and New Jersey wasn't elected by us. Uh, our county commissioners are and, and were, uh, and they certainly know better than anyone, rather than the governor or someone in Harrisburg, you know, about local businesses and which one uh, are safe to open up. Well, how much time is he spending consulting with the General Assembly as opposed to consulting with the six regional governors he's aligned with? Yeah, and that's uh, been the other sense of frustration. Uh, we've uh, basically had zero and I say zero, uh, consultation. Uh, he'll do a, uh, and there's like uh, two different examples. He'll do a weekly phone call with the legislative leaders, I think on Wednesday. And on two different Wednesdays, he's made announcements later that same day and never told the legislative leaders that he was going to make that announcement. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just unbelievable that, I mean, we're all an equal branch of government, uh, at least we were before this whole emergency. Uh, came in, and he's basically exhibited 100% control. But uh, we didn't know about the business closure thing that he did at 5 o'clock. We didn't know about the, the, the mask announcement that he just did a couple of days ago. 
uh, we didn't know about any of these things. He he did not give us. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I think he did call the leaders one half hour before he was making that announcement. Um, but uh, there's been no consultation discussion. Uh, with the leaders in regard to his decision-making. Well, one size definitely doesn't fit all here, so six states banding together doesn't seem to make a great deal of sense to me. Uh, What would the General Assembly and the Senate in particular like to see in place before we start opening things up? And can some businesses be open? I I think we already did it with the uh, legislation that we passed last week, Uh, the one that you mentioned, the 613, that would have uh, first of all, expanded the list a little bit to what the federal standards saw, uh, say. There's a, a SISA guidelines uh, that was most recently changed on March 28th. Uh, the governor has not uh, recognized or acknowledged those. He still goes by the original ones. And that was voted um, on party lines, wasn't it, John? Yes. Yeah, uh, 28 Republican votes, one independent. Uh, John Udichek uh, supported us, and then uh, every Democrat voted no. Well, the Democrats but, are always saying, follow the science, follow the science. Well, wouldn't that have been following the science? Uh, again, that particular bill, uh, 613, says uh, you follow the federal guidelines, which 44 states, I believe, are, are doing. Uh, we're one of six that's not. Uh, and I say the, uh, the updated one uh, from March 28th as well as the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. Um, so we specifically said, look, we're, we're willing to to follow both federal guidelines, but why should, be, why should be, we be one of five or six states in the whole country that are not following those? Now, he's never been a piece of cake to negotiate with for you guys, but generally has been willing to listen to reason. Is this surprisingly rigid even for him? For you to try to deal with him with under these circumstances, it's been frustrating. And you know, we all uh, back in the middle of, of March, uh, I think we sent four or five bills unanimously to the governor. Um, you know, right after the crisis started, and it looked like we would all be able, Democrats, Republican, House, Senate, the governor, uh, work together. And again, we sent I think five bills unanimously to him in order to uh, do some things, but. After that, uh, this whole emergency power, uh, which certainly in a short emergency, you know, whether it's a, a 22 inches of snow or, or some other natural disaster where you need quick, decisive action in a two- or three-day period, but as we go on to week five or so of this, uh, and there's no consultation uh, with an equal branch of government, uh, it's become very frustrating. And, and look, I'll be honest with you, for the first five years of, of his uh, terms, uh, he's had to deal with the Republican House and Senate, so he hasn't been able to get his way. Um, but frankly, over the last five weeks, he has been able to single-handedly uh, make decisions on everything. Uh, it's been tested in court. Uh, there's uh, a couple of lawsuits that were brought, and uh, this Supreme Court, most recently by a 4-3 decision, uh, said uh, that he can continue to make those decisions. Well, even some of the Democratic leaders, I remember Jay Costa, Costa, Costa said, uh, Costa. yeah, when, when, it, when it went from just the normal partial shutdown up to stay at home, uh, at, at sort of the emergency tone to it, he said he was en route to a fine local restaurant and heard it on the radio. <laughs> that uh, they were doing that, and he's a Democrat, so he, you know, he found out the hard way too. Uh, you had mentioned the protests. Uh, this is 
parties. I don't. I don't know the political parties of people in Harrisburg. There certainly is a lot of partisanship uh, popping up on this. But tell us about these protests. What, what's What's your view on what's happening uh, down in Harrisburg today? Well, I can tell you a little bit more afternoon. Uh, that is when it is scheduled. Uh, we're not really familiar with the organizers or these groups. The, the groups have, have just popped up in the last week or so, uh, but they're following um, other examples around the country. Uh, I think you saw several of them over the last two or three days. So I think there's three groups uh, that are calling on people to assemble in Harrisburg for a noon rally. Um, I mean, there may be 30 or 40 people, there may be 400 people, but we'll, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm one of those that uh, park out in the plaza, so we were advised by security that we should get there early uh, to avoid what may or may not be a crowd, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, uh, see if they assemble peacefully, and see what their message is. Has there been any movement at all to try and improve the unemployment compensation uh, requirement, not requirements, but the facilities necessary to get that funding for people? Because I've heard so many stories about the system crashing, people on hold for hours and hours, and then they apparently go home and hang up, and they, they have to stand in line again tomorrow morning, and that the website is crashed. I mean, what, what are we doing about that to try and help our residents? Well, as I've said before uh, in interviews with you guys, uh, I personally, as a, as a past chair of the Labor and Industry Committee, was given the administration some slack on that. Uh, again, when you go from 20,000 claims uh, a week to over 1.4 million uh, claims, uh, you're going to have a lot of problems, and they certainly did. Um, most people that were able to go online and fill out a normal form uh, were able to get through, and they've been receiving uh, their checks. I think uh, there's seven or eight hundred thousand uh, folks that have been receiving their checks, um, but there's three hundred thousand or so folks that had some sort of error, and those were the problem ones because uh, if if you were notified that you had an error, uh, then people tried to call to uh, correct the error or find out what it was. They were it was impossible to get through on uh, the lines and uh, it's been very frustrating that you have to get a pin uh, those pins were being mailed that there was a delay on that but uh, to a large degree uh, i think 80 percent or more of those that uh, filed normal applications have not only uh, got their claim approved but they've also started receiving money so that's good the the new big issue is uh, the uh, Labor and Industry Secretary announced uh, Saturday morning uh, that those individuals that are self-employed um, or independent contractors or gig workers, I'm not sure if I know what a gig worker is, uh, <laughs> but they are now all able to apply. So uh, that had people rushing on Saturday and yesterday to apply, and we found out that there's all sorts of issues and problems with it in regard to the questions and uh, some of the things that the vendor came up with. So there's actually a uh, four-caucus four committee leadership phone conference, I think at 10 this morning, with the LNI secretary to try to work that out. But would certainly encourage uh, those folks that are self-employed, independent contractors, uh, to attempt to apply anyways, and we'll see what happens. 
I, I've never had the opportunity to enlighten you about anything, John, because usually you're going the other way. But a gig, a gig <laughs> is tell a, me what a gig worker yeah, is. Yeah, it's a temporary job. Like if you were in a band and you had a, a played the American Legion no. on Saturday night, that's a gig. <laughs> that's not what they're talking <laughs> yeah. about. It's Uber and ships. Uh, yeah. I know it's the same type of thing, though. All these. But seriously, things. the governor is now after the debacle of a home home delivery of uh, alcohol. He's now allowing the state stores, mm-hmm. some of them, to open up on uh, for what curbside delivery. Call ahead. Call ahead delivery. How's, how do you think that'll work? I mean, as opposed to just opening up the stores completely with certain requirements for social distancing. Yeah, so again, there's a, another great example. Uh, 49 <laughs> states uh, have alcohol available of all sorts of kinds. Uh, Pennsylvania being, you know, the privatized or not the privatized state, but the state-owned liquor store system still in place, we're the outlier. Uh, and again, if you saw uh, the uh, governor of Ohio, the governor of West Virginia, over the last couple of weeks, I think Ohio governor was just a week or so ago, um, stopped uh, state stores or private stores along the Ohio border from serving Pennsylvania residents. They had to ID people, and if you were a Pennsylvania resident, they weren't serving uh, you because so many people were bleeding across the border to, to buy alcohol because the system in place has just been a disaster. And the chair of our uh, committee that oversees the LCB Friday afternoon said uh, this rollout tomorrow or today is going to be a disaster as well. As you know, only a quarter of the stores is going to be open. Uh, you have to call in or email uh, in order to uh, place an order. Uh, then uh, you have to go and they're going to deliver it to you outside. You have to text or call some sort of number. And here's the thing. I mean, this is what the uh, committee chair said. Uh, almost all of these LCB stores have one line. I mean, they have, they have one telephone line. So uh, if you can imagine how disastrous that's going to be when people are trying to call in or they get there and they want to get their order and there's one telephone line or at best two, uh, it just seems like another disaster in the making. One final question for me, and then I'll let Mark have have at you for a second. But one of one of the things I keep hearing on these uh, presidential uh, press conferences, and then with the governors, is testing. We don't have enough testing supplies. We don't. We may have the kits, but we don't have the swabs. We don't have the other things we need. Has the governor communicated to the assembly, the Senate, and the House any need, any specific need here in Pennsylvania to up our amount of testing, which he says is a preliminary requirement before we can open up? Yeah, so I'm not aware that he has uh, worked with us on anything specific. Uh, Look, I'll agree that it would be uh, certainly incredibly helpful and smart uh, if we had more uh, testing, especially done on a a quick basis. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of discussion from those in the medical field that there's probably a good number of us that that had it and just didn't have the bad symptoms of it. Maybe you have antibodies in regard to it. And uh, as far as getting back to work, it would be incredibly helpful uh, to be able to test a whole lot of more people and and know it. Um, I know they're doing a massive, if you've seen a massive testing site in Luzerne County uh, there at the KC Arena, um, which has started, that they're doing drive-by. Uh, testing for folks because Luzerne County was so hard hit in different areas. But uh, I will agree that's not really a Democrat or Republican issue. We could use more testing and quick testing uh, and ability to check um, a lot of folks just to see if we already have it. 
Any additional comments, something you'd like to add that maybe uh, was wouldn't be elicited by a question? No, uh, just... You know, I, we really need to go back to working together. It, it, it has been very frustrating that uh, the governor is making a lot of decisions uh, without the consultation. I do think uh, he did his, his uh, address on Friday, but I, I do think he's hearing uh, that there's a lot of frustration out there. And, again, when you look at 37 of, of 67 counties having two or few cases for three days in a row, uh, that there's a way to start uh, planning to reopen at least by you know may 1st uh in those areas where there's little to no cases and again uh put in some time uh where we can need to continue to abide by federal cdc standards uh, but allow us to get back to uh, a, a, a manner of reopening some of these uh, businesses that really need to to be reopened or we'll never see them again well i think most people favor the conceptual idea of the shutdown and what's happening and are complying but this idea of you know they see you can go buy a a nice uh, plant at lowe's but you can't go to a fine local nursery to get one it just doesn't seem you know they can they can see the the uh, ridiculosity to it Senator, thank you so much for checking in. We really appreciate these helpful informational updates. Uh, uh, I'm sure we'll hit you up again as more of this legislation progresses. And so look for more harassing emails from, from me. And uh, don't, don't block me just yet. And we'll be fascinated to hear how the, uh, the, how the protest goes today and whether or not it has any influence on the governor. Well, he's in New York, so <laughs> he, <laughs> he won't see it. St- st- literally and figuratively, he won't hear it. I guarantee it. Hey, thanks, thanks, John. Well, I'll be able to. Uh, I'll actually be able to see it right out my window. I've got the uh, the end uh, office, so uh, sometime I'll, uh, this afternoon I'll send uh, Mark uh, uh, my observation. Oh, please Great. do. I'd, I'd love to see it. Thank you so much. Thanks, John. Senator John Gornery, State Senator, 27th District, and the Senate Majority Whip in Harrisburg. So we appreciate his help. Uh, this is what, the third or fourth time we've spoken to him since all this begins. It's great that he's been willing to come on as right. often as he has. We do appreciate that. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury. We're going to give you your masking instructions momentarily here. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We're going to give you the emails and text numbers and phone numbers and stuff later. We got our first caller of uh, the week, or a a general caller on the line. Good morning, Mike. You're on the Mark. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I don't believe I mentioned to you you last week, but I heard a report that wholesale gasoline prices in some areas of the country had dropped to 18 cents per gallon. Okay? And when you think about that, everything that's involved from getting the oil out of the ground 
uh, processed, shipped to a refining facility, put in the gas tank for you to buy it. Uh, 18 cents really doesn't cover much of the cost in my mind. Overnight, the oil crude oil price dropped 37 percent. It's down to 1986 levels. Okay. Now, in my mind, this this is probably the biggest. To me, it's the biggest news of the day. It's the biggest news I've heard in, in probably a week that we're in a situation where demand has dropped so low, and the implications of this down the road, I believe, are going to be huge. And uh, it's imperative that we return this country to some sense of uh, normalcy to, to start getting prices up, because if we get deflation, that is really bad. And now, the, the last thing I want to add is uh, there are also reports coming out. There was a uh, random test up in uh, Boston uh, area where they found about 25% of the people walking around doing exercise had the antibodies for this. Uh, I've also told you that uh, in New York City they tested women coming in for childbirth, and it was around 25% of them that uh, had positive tests for coronavirus. And now we're hearing in some areas of, of California they believe it's as high as 50% of the people have it. So this, this virus is out there, and it's, it's way more prevalent than I think we believe, and we really need to have this uh, a national a randomized testing to get a handle on how, how bad it really is. And when I say bad, how prevalent it is so that we know what we're dealing with. Because to me, we've been flying uh, in the dark here, not knowing the status of, of how prevalent this thing is. And without knowing, it's really hard to make good decisions on what we're going to do for the future. And the, the reason I'm bringing this all up right now is because I'm, I'm really concerned about this drop in the oil price and how that's going to ripple through the economy and uh, the last thing I'm going to say, in uh, Russia, in the Soviet Union, before it collapsed, there was a saying among the people, we pretend to work, they pretend to pay us. <laughs> we don't want to be another Soviet Union in collapse. Oh, good points. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks. Food, a lot of food for thought there. Thank you so much. We appreciate the call. We will have open phones. We're going to scan through some news headlines, and you're going to be a big part of the show from here on out for the rest of this morning. This show is on the mark. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. This is News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury, WKOK News Time, 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is directly across from me, but he gets to live inside the plastic. I live on the outside of the plastic world. The little bubble here. We had the bubble inflated. <laughs> Joe looked like his ears were going to pop there for a little bit, but uh, now we got him back to normal atmospheric pressure. So you got the bends there. We released the pressure so fast. I was waiting for the hyperbaric chamber to arrive. <laughs> an iron lung. Remember those, the first treatment?
treatments. Unfortunately, I do remember them. Yep. I guess that's what a ventilator is today. On the market sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is now open. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. If you have any remarks about the protests today down in Harrisburg or anything that the state senator, John Gordner, had to do in his update today, we appreciate that. And uh, so give us a call, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. There's growing optimism that antibody testing may help mitigate the spread of COVID-19. Dr. Rachel Levine, head of the State Department of Health in Harrisburg, says it's worth trying. Our lab director is looking at those tests to see which one we might be able to get for our laboratory next in. And then hospitals and health systems will be looking at the available tests as well as commercial laboratories about which antibody tests would be best to do. And then we're going to need to work out under what best conditions it is to do that testing. Evangelical Community Hospital Associate Vice President of Clinical Operations Angie Lahr agreed that it's worth testing. The usefulness of antibody testing in the midst of a pandemic remains to be seen. However, antibody testing will more than likely come into play as we look to understand how widespread the COVID-19 outbreak really has been and how long someone remains immune to it after they've been exposed. Dr. J. Juan Rube, President and CEO of Geisinger, said right now the accuracy and quality of antibody testing is not where it needs to be, so it does not have a bright, immediate future, but may be more helpful in the long run. Over 1,100 deaths now reported across Pennsylvania because of COVID-19. And you may recall last Friday we said there were just under 1,000 deaths reported reported in Pennsylvania. Now there's 1,100, but there was no big spike over the weekend. The State Department of Health uh, changed the method through which individuals are confirmed to have died in some instance related to COVID-19. That resulted in 250-some new cases of death reported over the weekend. As for the central Susquehanna Valley, uh, very slow rise in the numbers in Snyder, Union, Northumberland, Montour, and Columbia counties. As you heard from State Senator John Gordon, or online liquor stores will give way to telephoning ahead of your favorite liquor store, Sealance Grove, Cole Township, Lewisburg, and Danville stores uh, say they'll start to answer the telephone calls of individuals and will bring the booze to your car after you've uh, paid for it via credit card. And there were 1,400 masks given out over the weekend. Nine, uh, 700 went out in Sealance Grove. Some of those were sewn by uh, uh, Beverly Owens, who owns Beverly's Interior Design uh, others were from other volunteers given away by the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way in Shemokin Dam. So two sets of 700 uh, masks given out over the weekend. And which doctor, not which doctor, like a witch doctor in the movies, <laughs> but uh, which of these two doctors do you believe? Their fame and familiarity to TV viewers usually leave Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil with legions of followers who take whatever they say as gospel truth. But these days, the two TV TV docs are finding an air of infallibility questions over their appearances on Fox News. Dr. Oz recently said reopening schools is a very appetizing opportunity, even if it means more will die from the spread of COVID-19. So open the schools, even though it might mean that more people will die. And Dr. Phil drew heat on social media for comparing the coronavirus deaths to those caused by auto accidents and swimming pool accidents. Both have since tried to 
walk back their comments a little bit. Uh, neither are in support of the governments and governors uh, or even the president's uh, protocols asking for stay-at-home orders. Uh, these docs are among the few people around here that aren't buying in. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We would invite you to call us at your soonest possible opportunity. Give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, you can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Let's see, this arose yesterday, but you can go ahead and read it today. Uh, Dave on the Hill says, on Saturday I went shopping at one store. They only had a few half gallons of 1% milk and a little chocolate. So I went to Wise, and they had a few gallons of whole milk and a few of 1%. I know Wise processes their own milk, so how come the cupboards are bare and farmers are dumping milk in the field? Who is running this bizarre game? Somebody needs to answer to the people and face the firing squad. You read oh, that button. I just rather draconian. This is two weeks old. Right, this and um, another uh, emailer or texter says, farmers are dumping milk and uh, plowing over food. That What is going on? So what's going on is... The milk's in the wrong place. Well, the milk's in the wrong place, and maybe people aren't going out to get it. It's like our earlier caller said about the price Who's of gas. Who's not going out to get it? A lot of people are not, you know, they're making fewer trips to the grocery store. A lot of people are bu- bought milk and froze it. I, okay. I wasn't aware you could do that, but a friend of mine told me you could. Right, but milk's, milk's in short supply at the stores because uh, the... Uh, it's like toilet paper. Right. People are buying it up, and the, the, when you see farmers dumping milk, that's because they're too far from this particular dairy processor that, like, we have milk processors around here, but you don't see farmers around here dumping milk. You see that in other areas because processors are overwhelmed. Stores, or people are buying up milk like there's a snowstorm coming, and uh, it's a complex issue. It's not simple. I mean, I'll, g- I'll give you Lawrence's worthless explanation, but that's that's what it is. Plus, you don't have the uh, food service and schools using up milk at the moment, so processors don't have any demand for it. Now, granted, stores do, but they can't just ramp up, you know, because people are buying it too fast. But that's the issue. People are buying it up. People are buying too. People are freezing some milk, as you mentioned. That's happening. Well, and the same thing was true with bread early on. I mean, still, you go to the bread aisle at the store. There may, may be some there. There may not be some there. You know, but <laughs> are people eating tr- more sandwiches? Probably. But <laughs> People are trying artisan bread. Well, I think what happened is people have realized that I didn't have much in the freezer. You know, some people don't even have an extra freezer. Um, and, you know, they don't have much food. And so they're feeling a little vulnerable right now. So now when they go to the store, if they see that there's peanut butter there, they don't buy one jar. They buy two. Right. You know, if they see there's eggs, they buy two. So two containers. But that's so. almost what you have to do. I think our one caller, our one emailer there pointed out, you go to one store and they have one thing, you go to another store and they have another. I've adopted the policy, if I see something we use and they have it, I'll buy it just so we have a spare. Mm-hmm. Even though you don't particularly need that. Not, particular. at, not at the moment, right. but still, gotcha. I mean, I know the next time I go back, it might not be there. Well, and this is... For example, let me give you an example. Okay. Cranberry sauce. I went to the store the other day and I had a list of things that we had used and one of the list was cranberry sauce and it was gone. 
Oh, they didn't have any? No. Well, you see bear spots. You know, it used to be you could go to a Wises. You didn't see any bear spots, but people are just buying up stuff too fast, and uh, the supply chains are a little bit slow to get things replenished. But this is this is uh, going to be our new normal for a while until stores can catch up. And I think people have realized that they're vulnerable to food shortages, and so I, I think they're going to... A lot more people are going to put a shelf full of different kind of foods in the basement or in the pantries or closet or wherever. You're going to see this. It's going to take a while till we stock everybody's food store that they really should have had all along anyway. Well, the thing is, if I were the governor, and I'm not, but if I were the governor, I probably would have shut down everything the way Governor Wolf did. But then instead of joining six other states, I would have asked each industry in the state that I shut down to come up with a list of procedures and recommendations that they would make to me for opening up again. And then I would have some sort of a blue ribbon panel that included doctors and business people, a cross-section of those involved, to weigh those those restrictions that they would impose upon themselves and determine whether or not it was safe for them to open up again. I think the reason people are hoarding is because there's no sense of normalcy at all right now. Any little thing that lets us resume part of our life I think would have a tremendously positive effect on the people. Well, first of all, the governor's not letting other states decide anything for us. Oh, yes, he is. He's still the decider. I know that's the common line you Republicans like to take, but really what's happening here is the governor has decided to form a council with neighboring states so that they will try to do some of the same things together so that you don't get what happened like with the liquor stores where you could get it in one state and not with another. but, But that's exactly my point. The governor hasn't modified, even though he's joined this group. He hasn't modified to reflect what the other states are doing. He's, in really? fact, resisted it. We're, we're, our so state you don't stores think you closed. can buy liquor anymore? Our state stores are closed. They're not closed in other places. Right. Other governors have declared, declared it to were be a necessity. you listening to the senator talking about the curbside pickup of liquor? But that's not opening the stores, Mark. Right. You want he them said they have one the phone. Li- the most of them have one phone line. How is that a help for those so who So the drink? governor, regardless of your recalcitrance on the liquor issue, he is interested in hearing what these other states have to say. So it is a council. It's not the decider. Now, should they form this council, uh, this blue ribbon panel that you described? Perhaps. But see, this is your fault. You elected. My fault. Right. We Pennsylvanians elected a Democratic governor who came straight from business right into the governor's chair. He doesn't know anything about blue ribbon panels or councils or sound advice from state senators or state house members. He's a business person. When you're in business and you own a, a business like he did, you decide. You, I was you, a business person, too, and I, I came up with the idea. He could have come up with it. Listen, I don't fault Governor Wolf. I think he and I believe the president, and I believe Governor of Governor Cuomo and all the governors. I think everybody's trying to do what they think is in the best interest of their citizens. But somewhere down the line, we disagree with that, and I, my problem is that the disagreement is not being accepted respectfully. I see some of my liberal friends posting things like, oh, this will thin out the herd from the, from the uh, idiots who support Trump. That kind of comment, you know, can't we disagree without it being oh, so political? Yes, the yeah, liberals own the offensive well, comments Republicans, for sure. No, I'm. So, you didn't let me finish. Republicans are doing some of the same things. I, I saw a great meme over the weekend, though. Showed a picture of uh, Governor Wolf, and then under it was the caption: "Non-essential employee <laughs> from a local conservative." Well, and then of course the lieutenant governor came out with something saying, "If you open up an ice rink to store bodies in, if that doesn't convince you to stay home, I got nothing." <laughs> and other people are saying, yeah. "Talk about a useless." job, the first one, a non-essential job, the first would be lieutenant governor. 
1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Joe and I could argue this for days, but there's really no point in listening to us. My advice is useless, and his comes from business, not from governance. So we'd like to hear what you have to say. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, what about the protests? Are you headed down there? You want to call while you're getting ready to go? We did hear from Zach on Friday, one of the individuals who's going to be down there, and uh, he's, you know, this is sort of a freedom issue to a lot of individuals. So uh, what's your view on this? Uh, the vast majority of people favor what the governor has done. They certainly don't favor the unfairness in this cockamamie waiver program that we had going. But what's your view on this? one 800 795 is the telephone number. one 800 795 Bobby, what's your view on this? Last caller before a quickie break. Uh, yes. I mean, somewhere along the line... Uh, we've got to, you know, get on the same page because we've survived a lot worse uh, situations. The 72 flood, Three Mile Island, bad snowstorms where you have to take other bridges. So each area at that point would cooperate and say, you can go this direction, that direction, that direction, and that direction. And I agree with Joe when it comes to, you know, ask the industries, whatnot, what, you know, how they could get back started and we have to have a starting place somewhere well yeah good point I, and I think the governor's working on that he and the president came up with this list of criteria none of which we're going to be able to fulfill anytime soon so that wasn't good this idea of widespread uh, testing for everybody that's not uh, going to be happening soon alright thank you Bobby yep thank good, you good appreciate that yeah we got to get antibody testing can, can finished we got to get regular testing readily available for anybody who wants it anytime they so choose and uh, we can go from there well, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. The Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, the Quick Lane is wide open. They would just love to talk to you down there. Uh, they're taking care of a lot of vehicles every day down there, and the workers and clerks are all wearing a mask, and they're sanitizing cars before they give them back, and they would just love to chit-chat with you about what your car may need. they got the alignment shop, the body shop, the car wash, the paint shop. Uh, they got the touch-up shop. they got the great big truck shop. they got the great big tow truck and uh, all the while you wait there they got the free Wi-Fi or you can go out and check out your next vehicle and they are overloaded with vehicles down there so at the Sunbury Motor Company go ahead and put a tag on the windshield of one and say this is going to be mine ASAP and they'll make sure that that happens when the time comes 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number sunburymotors.com the website of the Sunbury Motor Company when it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Thank you. 
Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 our telephone number. Are you going to protest? Are you going down today to protest? No, no. I, I, I think the governor should open things up uh, in a limited fashion, but uh, I don't not so, feel so strongly that I would go down and protest. This is a very, very s- tiny sliver of the minority that's going down there. So it's not, you know, it's not like there's a widespread grassroots support against the governor. Most people agree with what the governor is doing. Of course, they see the unwavering look at the how the shutdowns are unfair, and that's wrong. And so I think you'll find a lot of people that hope the governor is somehow able to get the message from this protest, but you're not going to see most people protesting. Most people are in compliance and they're waiting it out and they, you know, they feel terrible about businesses and so on, but they, most people say, okay, let's stick, the, you know, we've gone this far, let's finish this right. Well, I, I'm not opposed to what the governor's trying to accomplish, but I don't like his method of doing it particularly. You know, the, the inequities that are in this are terrible to me. The fact that, you know, a little lawn and garden supply store can't be open, but Lowe's and Home Depot, mm-hmm. they can be open selling yeah, the selling same stuff. Plants. So wrong. A- and that's not fair. It's not fair to those businesses. So if you're well, going likewise, to... Well, likewise, you can't go to buy clothing at your fine local clothing stores in the downtown, but you can go to Walmart and buy all the clothes you want. Yeah, well, that's... It's just so unfair. And it's it strikes me as incompetence that people didn't consider it. Now, the governor of Michigan has banned the sale of those types of things. If they close down uh, Walmart, uh, the only thing they'll allow Walmart to sell are the things that are absolute life life essentials, like the drugs and the uh, you know household supplies, sanitary supplies, things like that, first aid and medicines. They won't allow them to sell the lawn and garden equipment. And the governor out there is taking a lot of flack for that. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. Uh, Al, thanks for calling in. You are on the mark. Yeah, I usually about five six weeks ahead because I have a degree in CS, and uh, that's uh, common sense. Oh, okay. I was going to ask, but then I was afraid to. But uh, I said weeks ago we got to protect the vulnerable, find out, you know, and then. Develop herd immunity, and the panacea—it's not about the panacea anymore. You know what the panacea is? The panacea is is a cure that fixes everybody. Right. That's uh, the definition for that. Is the uh, solution or the remedy for all difficulties or diseases? Right. Right. It's not about that anymore. Okay. It's about it's. It's all about the liberty slipping away from the people of the United States. And well, there's not going to be a new normal. Well, that's an excellent point. If people don't mind being asked what to do and urged what to do if it's sound policy and advice. You know, you've been urged over the years not to smoke, and you gave it up. So, But uh, to tell people what to do, people say, and I don't think it's an American thing. I think it's a human thing. People don't like to be told what to do. Exactly, and we're losing our liberty. I mean, if we want to dye our hair blue, if they want us to dye our hair blue, are we going to dye our hair blue? You will believe how many people will dye their hair blue. You can see that right now, and then as soon as some of these young people wake up and find out that they're losing their liberty and their freedom for real, uh, I know how I was when I was younger, and I would be right down in Harrisburg now. So I don't think it's all about opening the state up. I think it is now about losing our liberty, and it's going on throughout the whole world. 
And, uh, you know, the common sense thing says this cannot continue. But doesn't don't your rights end where mine begin? In other words, if you choose to go out and um, without a mask and engage in what is in today's world is dangerous activity, and then Being you come in contact, someone. then you come in contact with me and you give it to me. I mean, you know, what, don't you have some obligation to society? The beginning of man, huh? The dangerous activity that's going on right now with the coronavirus has been going on since the beginning of man. Why should we change it now? Because I told you six weeks ago, the herd immunity, and they're finding out that this virus is a lot more prevalent, and so many people have had it that didn't even know they had it. So it's, you know, a caller, your first caller of the day stated that to you. But you got to look at everything, everything that's going on. And, and you can predict that... This is not about opening the government up anymore. No, well, this, this is about okay. the United States of America losing its liberty to bureaucrats, doctors, and everybody that thinks they know the better of us. Just like you said about the people not falling off the cliff. I went to other countries and they put a sign up, when you're about to do something dangerous, you could die. Here, sign the paper, because if you're dumb enough to die, we're not going to be responsible for you. All right, but let's look at it another way. All of life involves risks. Some of them you accept, some of them you don't. Now, you're in, perhaps in a profession, maybe you climb a lot of ladders. Other people may not like to climb a ladder. They might be afraid they'll fall off. Not like he used to, though. He's I, older I, now. I don't any job. I mean, I, put my, I don't get paid near enough. I mean, when I go paint somebody's house way up in the air... It's not appreciated, and it's never been appreciated, so I don't worry about it. That's what I enjoy doing. So I'm going to keep on doing that. But they told me to quit smoking. Guess what I did? I quit smoking. They said, you better quit drinking. Guess what I did? I quit drinking. You can pick and choose, but nobody should have the right to tell you to do anything. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that these guidelines should not be enforceable. They should just be suggestions that we can either take or reject. Yes, they should be suggestions. Nobody should be getting in any trouble because our maker gave us free will. Okay, but you're not going to be arrested if you, Al, you're not going to be arrested if you try to go into a store without a mask. You'll just be denied entrance. So you could choose not to wear the mask, but the store says, I'm going to abide by the governor, and if you're not wearing one, you can't come in here. Whose side are you on, Joe? I'm just saying that there. I understand where well, Al's for coming from. For but, instance, Joe, huh? for, instance, for instance, if that's okay... That's a suggestion, but there are people getting arrested driving around in their cars. So that's one instance where you're given an example. Yeah, that's fine. That's the way it should be. I agree with that. Well, guess what? Yesterday, my wife and I took a drive just to get out of the house. We had no place in mind going. You're a lawbreaker now. I know. You're a scofflaw. You're a fugitive from the governor. Did you have a mask on? If the governor hears that, he might come get you. (laughs) He might. But no police officer stopped me and asked me where I was going. He has the right to now. That's the problem. He thinks he has the right to. He thinks he has the right to tell us what to do. He can only suggest. We have a free will of our own. No, he has the right to tell you what to do. He has laws that back it up that you previously agreed with. He doesn't make the laws. He has to get that law passed. Right now it's just a suggestion. (laughs) 
He's he, he's he, the governor hasn't done anything illegal. Doesn't make the laws. The governor hasn't done anything illegal. They're just, they're just unwise and highly questionable, but it's not illegal. And it's the Constitution. Well, the Constitution gave the legislature to write laws that would help deal with the disasters, and one of those disasters, uh, laws, is that when there's a disaster, the governor can do certain edicts, I mean, even declare martial law, if necessary, for the common good. And that's what this governor's doing, fully in compliance uh, with the laws. Al, we'll give you a quickie last word. Go right ahead. Well, I, I just want to go back to what I said. It's all about the liberty slipping away from the people of the United States of America, and there shouldn't be a new normal. There is only one normal, and that's free will. Gotcha. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate the call. Billy, thank you so much for calling in today. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning. I wanted to answer a question that Joe just posed about whether or not his rights end, or my rights end where his nose begins. I think that is true. That's That's a true statement. Um, and I, I promise not to hit Joe in the nose. <laughs> Thank you. That works out. <laughs> works for me, Billy. <laughs> Lifelong but, friends. Uh, you know, I, I think certainly we could. You could argue that during a situation like this, that maybe the area around your nose extends for six feet, and if you ask people not to trespass in that six feet, that they should have an obligation to oblige you of that request, not come within six feet of you. Uh, but I don't think, you know, that that's just unlimited, that you can say, you know, you, you can't do anything because I might get sick. <clears throat> I don't think that's reasonable, and I think if if people are taking uh, reasonable common-sense precautions, um, there's no reason why they can't go back to work safely. I think that's what this rally's about. That's why I'm going down uh, today. I'm taking... I'm going and traveling with 10 other people, so I don't know that Mark's comment earlier about a, a small sliver is accurate, but we'll see. It'll, it'll be obvious to, afterwards when we see how many people actually show up. Well, will you two- be maintaining social distancing on that trip? On that trip, I will not. Okay. <laughs> well, and I, I, because I'm going to be with, because four of the people that are going with me are my family, and some of them are in other cars, so that, okay. that doesn't really count, so... You're not taking a bus, then. (laughs) I'm going to try to maintain social distancing when I'm there. Uh, But but just as as it is in the grocery store, I mean, I I do my best to stay six feet away from people, not get in their way, uh, not bump into them for sure. But sometimes it just can't be helped or, you know, people come around a corner and they happen to bridge that six feet, six foot circle. And I don't I don't panic or yell at them or scold them. I just simply move away. Yeah. Well, I think when I say that the minority, I don't mean that it's a minority that should be ignored. You know, let's suppose 1% or 2% of our valley uh, is strongly interested in doing what you're doing. Well, that's still going to be 20,000 people down in Harrisburg today. So when I say minority, I mean percentage-wise, but very, very important valid viewpoints. And I, you are on very, very sound ground when you say this governor has been totally recalcitrant when it comes to listening, negotiating discussing, participating in conversations. This idea of seeking sound advice from neighboring states and not from the legislature is ridiculous. I mean, he's, he's running it like it's like Pennsylvania is uh, wolf 
cabinetry and construction down in York, PA. You know, he he's not going to hear you, hear you today. He's down in York, so I would encourage some of the protesters to drive by his house as well and make sure that they get their their horns heard in that way. But in any event, I, I think it's important what you're doing. I, I don't oppose it. I think it's, you know, if I had a strong enough viewpoint one way or another and free time, I would certainly do the same. I've been to Harrisburg for rallies and opportunities to talk to legislatures, uh, legislators about things that I think are important. But you are in the minority when you're fighting this this adamantly, and that's probably disappointing for you. Most people are accepting this in lockstep and waiting for the governor to tell them uh, what to do next. I, if anything's disappointing, that may be that most people are just accepting this. Well, go, going back to my original uh, statement, which prompted your call, I think it's a two-way street, Billy. I have an obligation to you not to run, give you a risk you might not be willing to accept. I can't come up and ask you, Billy, can I stand within six feet of you? So I'm going to respect the fact that you might want me to stay that far away, and I hope you will accord me the same the same uh, courtesy. But that doesn't mean that we, you know, we're giving up amount of freedom. It means we're trying to respect each other's rights to try and stay healthy. Well, I'm doing the exact same thing, Joe, and I, I agree with you. And But all of that, to me, is accomplished voluntarily. I'm not doing it because the governor told me to. Right. I'm doing it because I think it's the right thing to do. And, I, you know, we have very few countries around the world that are not doing mandatory lockdowns. But Sweden is one that we do have as an example that's roughly the same size as Pennsylvania, although it has a much more disparate uh, population density, uh, but some large cities. And, uh, you know, they're an example where they don't have mandatory lockdowns, and, let, and yet you see the doubling death rate is very similar, if not even a little bit better than Pennsylvania. So I don't think there's proof that having the lockdowns and these closures be mandatory is actually producing more results than having them be voluntary with the best information. Well, with the six governors, one of our emailers points out correctly that there's no consulting or coordination with the governors of Ohio, West Virginia, and Maryland <laughs> well, who happen to be not. Republicans. Right, they're all Republicans. We can't, we can't even talk to them. Yeah, it's funny how this has turned into this a partisan This is nonpartisan, issue. but we're not going to talk to the Republican governors. Well, the governor's a good Democrat, if nothing else. <laughs> all right, thank you so much, Billy. Keep in touch and call yeah. tomorrow and tell us your reflections on what happened. I yeah, think let us know how it goes. And you're definitely in the well, right here. You may be in the minority, but you're definitely in the right, so Thanks for standing up for those. I, I really appreciate that. Take care, Billy. Thank sure. you, sir. That's uh, Billy Allred. Uh, talked to us last week about uh, really a, a hundred unanswered questions about this whole thing, and I think it's a real disappointment that more people don't speak up for what they what they know is right under these circumstances. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Our telephone number. We got a caller standing by. We got a couple of emails pending. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Yeah, one of uh, the comments yesterday, I follow a couple of different Facebook threads, uh, but one of the comments yesterday about the rally said this, Get ready for tomorrow's protest in Harrisburg. The latest estimate for the expected crowd is 10,000. I wonder if the organizers happen to take note that April 20th is Adolf Hitler's birthday. Must be a coincidence. 420. Well, 420 is also the pot-smoking uh, date. It's like the anniversary. No, no, but or... the, the people who are protesting, that must be because they're... 
Hitler and totalitarian. Couldn't be that they actually have legitimate concerns. <laughs> well, no, they're Nazis. They're all read, Nazis. If you read the Washington Post, it says this whole thing started because of some uh, ultra right wing gun nuts. So, oh, well, okay. <laughs> which is, I don't know, maybe some tiny fraction of it might have started that way, but it it lost all oh, yeah. that all that foundation and roots. Now it's just working class good people who. Uh, Feel it's amazing to me. This. All the people who were upset about President Trump getting along with the Chinese president now are saying, you know, sticking up for China, saying that though Trump's just trying to shift the blame. Well, that's true. I'm not. I, that is true. The, he is trying to shift the blame to China and the WHO, which they may enjoy they some blame. It? What if they deserve it? They may deserve every molecule of the credit for this, but the president is... You can't stand at the microphone and say, okay, I have total authority here, but I accept zero responsibility. You oh, can't right. do both. No, you can't. All right, Dan, thank you so much for being patient. Uh, you are on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. Great program so far. <laughs> and uh, I'll try to make it better, but here's a, I heard two doctors into immunization and infectious disease last night. They had a different idea on how this could have been handled better, but President Trump had to deal with the doctors he had there. What they said should have been done was have the mitigation in the high-infected areas, like in Pennsylvania, like Luzerne County, like Philadelphia, and maybe out there in Allegheny County, but let the rest of the state keep operating normal because there's a... very little good to do it to the rest of us because we didn't have the outbreak and gradually all of us are going to come in contact sooner or later with the coronavirus so like the mitigation is a good idea but not for the whole (laughs) state of Pennsylvania not for the whole United States. In fact, they said a lot of states should have never been shut down, period. They wouldn't need any of this. They wouldn't need mitigation because sooner or later, all of us are going to come in contact. And, of course, the ones that are immune right now, they're all right. But... And besides that fact, most people don't get all that sick. Some people barely know they had it if your immune system is working all right. Well, I, I agree with you. I think if you're in a rural area, I've always advocated that we should have not been involved in this stay-at-home in this part of Pennsylvania. I've said that from the very beginning. Uh, and Dr. J. Juan Rue at Geisinger had a news conference Friday, and he underscored what I said in that throughout their whole system across rural Pennsylvania, they've had 250 hospitalizations. Now, you're talking about, you know, their yeah. whole hospital system. I don't know how many people are in it, but it's, you know, it's probably two or three million people in the whole catchment area, 250 hospitalizations, and they have about 110 ICU beds, 36 
are occupied. So, yes. you know, we could have done, we could have had more yeah. people with it here. Now, we don't want anybody to die, so if you're over no. the age of 60, you shouldn't be out, Joe. But here's, <laughs> but, here's the thing, Mark. <clears throat> yeah, I'm 75, and I'm not, I'm not really worried about it, but my immune system is good, and I don't have heart disease or lung disease. But if you, these doctors said if you have three things against you, yeah, you're gonna, you're probably gonna die. It it might be a little sooner if you get the coronavirus. But if you have diabetes, lung disease, and heart disease, yeah, you're you're on the list. You probably are going to stand a chance if you get the coronavirus. But what they also said with nursing homes and that kind of place, it would be a good idea not to have visitors go in there either. And that wouldn't affect the economy. What they were looking at was both the economy and the disease. All right, we got you, Dan. I think they were on to something there. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate the call. You guys guys have a great one. Good program. Thank you. Uh, Keith, last caller before a quickie break. You are on the mark. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, Did you read yesterday's paper? Which one? Uh, Sunbury Daily Item about the uh, state score situation today. Yes, I did. No. <laughs> I haven't read the daily item okay. in two weeks. One, one plus, one minus. What, what, is, what was your assumption of the article? Uh, I understand you just make a phone call and make your order. Is that what I read? That's basically it, but if you heard Senator Gordon at the start of our program, most of the state stores only have one phone line. So it's going to be a little difficult, and considering how state websites crash, ordering online at their website might be a difficult situation as well. Well, I was just up at the Giant and uh, drove by the state store, and there was a gentleman standing outside, and I said, well, what, what, how's it going? And he said, he said, because I wanted the phone number, and he said, uh, he said, I had a pound on the glass to get the phone number, and then they told me that I couldn't just call in, that I had to go to the website, and the gentleman said, I don't have a computer, so I can't go to the website. So <laughs> I'm confused by the confusion of the confusion that they're telling you to call in and then you have to go to their website and then you can't pick up your product until tomorrow. Oh, you can't pick it up until tomorrow? Nowhere in that article did it say anything about going to the website. Well, and I think, yeah, the AP version said that you can order online or by phone, but in any event, you know, this is what happens when you try to teach a dinosaur new tricks. This is worse than teaching an old dog new tricks. It's teaching a dinosaur. They're set up to do a limited amount of retail sales as long as you don't get swamped in uh, retail stores. They weren't set up to do very much online. They tried that. Obviously, that didn't work, so now they're trying this other method. But it can be, it can be made to work, because I needed ink for my printer, okay. and I knew that Best Buy would have it. So I looked online, and it said, you know, you can pick things up here. So online, I placed my order. They sent me a text, an email back saying, we have your order. We'll send you another email when it's ready for you to pick it up. About 10 minutes later, I got an email saying, you can stop by and pick it up. You drive through the, the thing, and they want to see your driver's license, and they make sure it's you, and then they ask you to roll down your 
rear window, and they put the stuff in the back seat. Joe, how would you compare the relative sophistication and modernity of Best Buy <laughs> versus the state liquor system? Well, I have I know a lot of good people who work for the state liquor well, system, but a lot I, of people think, work for a fabulously <laughs> old company. There's no it argument should be, there. I think it should be privatized, but that's just my personal opinion. All right, Keith, we'll let you wrap. But it can't it can be made to work, right. Keith. <laughs> Privatization, yes, I should go with that. Yeah. I'm just just confused by the confusion of the confusion <laughs> of the article told you that you could phone in yeah. to get your order. Yeah, and AP says you called a, a local number there, and he said that they told him he had to use a computer to do it, and he didn't have one. Well, so, and, and Keith, when's the last time you looked something up on a phone book? Do they even exist anymore? I, I haven't seen uh, one in ten years. Yeah, well. Whatever. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, I got you. Right. And the, the article said this. Right. Now they're saying that. So right. the confusion of the confusion of the state uh, run by our governor is just confusing. Well, I think what that, the, the Daily Adams scaling back too, right? Aren't right. they giving up an addition? Monday, they won't probably show Monday. Okay. But did they offer him any solution, Keith? Did they offer him? No. No. So they no. didn't try to go the extra mile and help him out. No. Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> nope. All right. Thank you nope. so much that's, for that's calling a, in. That's Keith. an even bigger problem, I think. Appreciate the call. Exactly. Thanks. Exactly. So Thanks wait, for checking wait for in. the explosion because that's what's going to happen next. <laughs> <All right>. so. <laughs> Appreciate right. You may Have be a good right. Day, guys. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate Thank you call. very much. Quickie break. We'll be right back. Got tons of emails. We're going to read them on the radio. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sitting down south in a railway station. All right, Joe, hit All right, we're back up here. Uh, Doug from Lewistown says, I wish someone could explain to me how it makes any sense to shut down construction. I was in a grocery store this weekend, and nobody can convince me that the atmosphere at a store is safer than a residential construction site. At most, a couple of guys are inside a house working, and I would argue that men working construction have built up a better immunity to viruses than most people who work in an office setting. But, of course, all of this is common sense, and we know that disappeared a long time ago. And uh, Dick says, obviously, Al thinks he has a God-given right to spread disease. Well, that's just great. And then why do I practice all the safeguards? I hear them. There's lots of owls out there, out and about. Okay. And next one says... 
here's my problem with all this. Was just over at the Dollar Tree, got in and got out with no problem, went over to Aldi's, looked, and there's people standing outside the door, um, oft part. Six feet. Oh, six feet apart. I'm sorry. I wasn't waiting. Now I know the Dollar Tree is a little smaller than Aldi, but already standing outside six feet apart. No, thank you. So I guess they're waiting to get in under the the new guidelines. The nice lady who sent that. Please use a bigger font. Yeah, it's awfully hard to read your font. comes through tiny. Another emailer unsigned says... I am not sure how hard liquor is a necessity, but opening small businesses and construction is not. My husband was in a store on Saturday, and it was packed. No social distancing there. There seems to be no rhyme or reason to how things are done. If Governor Wolf wants to save our economy, business has to get open sooner rather than later. Safety needs to be an important part, but no matter how strict the rules are, still people are going to die. That's life. Why the mandatory masks now? I will stay home rather than wear one. I guess there's a bit of independence in me. Keep up the good work. I enjoy listening to you guys. She makes a great point. Why are we ramping up masks now? Why wasn't that part of the original thing if it was, if it was meant to save us? I think part of that has to do with the fact that it's a new virus and we weren't sure how it was behaving. And I don't think people realized what masks can do. They can really help you prevent uh, spreading it if you have it. And it gives you a little protection from getting it. Not so much there. But I, this is all evolving. You know, you'd think masks and viruses would be a well-known thing, but uh, they're just finding out now that it helps. But you're right. It, it makes it terribly confusing for people to follow. Oh, I'm supposed to wear a mask. Next now. day, oh, no, I'm not supposed to wear a mask. Well, look at look at the, the disease itself. There's a story about some opera singer who lost his leg from complications from coronavirus. A mm-hmm. Broadway star, yeah. Yeah, what, what kind of complications result in somebody losing their leg from a virus? It was something about the blood thinners that he needed. To, there was a clot in his leg. And the blood thinners somehow affected it that uh, there was no blood getting to his feet. Oh, is that it? Okay, so it wasn't directly attributable to the virus. It was something related to the medication he was taking when he got the virus. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. So he had a pre-existing condition of some sort. Right. Well, then they're saying now that it could be you could get unexplained stomach pain and you could have diarrhea. Well, you know, these are symptoms that go with a million other things. One of the questions that came up Friday is what local leaders, if any, are going down there, and Billy Allred, who is the uh, Union Township Supervisor, President of the Union County Association of Township Officials and Secretary of uh, Central Keystone Cog and Vice Chair of the County Republican Party says State House Member David Rowe, Representative Bernstein, Representative Lewis, Senator Mastriano are those that have promised to be there. More will jump on the bandwagon as it gains momentum. I'm going down and I'm taking four others. Well, now he's up to ten. So uh, there's a lot of local leaders. And Zach, who called in Friday, is a leader in the Republican Party in Union County. Yeah, lots of leaders are, are part of this, and that's a good thing. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. You're listening to On the Mark on News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.